0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today
1: with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. After a week of shared practices in Denver, our beloved strapped them up for real at mile high and took on the Broncos for their third preseason game of 2018. Did we see any improvement or are we still struggling? All of this and so much more in the preseason week two review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Here we are once again, preseason week number two review, third preseason game for our beloved Chicago Bears, finally got the win, and how about that, what's going on everybody, Larry D back once again, and uh, you know, I, I actually, I watched the game on Saturday, uh, I, I took notes, I paid attention, um, unfortunately, <laughs> because... I uh, I am an Uber driver on the weekends, and the game didn't start until eight o'clock here in the Central Time Zone. Uh, the third quarter was wrapping up around ten thirty, which is usually when I like to get out onto the road uh, on Saturday night because um, that's those are peak money making hours. And uh, so the Bears are down twenty three to ten going into the end go, going into the fourth quarter. I am like, all right, I can't delay this any longer. I need to get out there. The game started an hour later because it's in the mountain time zone, and whatnot. So, looks like we're going 0 and 3. Hop in the car, start driving around. Get an alert on my phone about 40 minutes later after the fourth quarter wrapped up. Bears win 24-23. Well, I'll be damned. Of course they did because. Uh, You know, they scored 10 points in the three quarters that I watched and then rattled off 14 in the final frame that I didn't get to see. So, uh, of course, that's how that went. But uh, thanks to the uh, power of the Internet and Facebook highlight films and what have you, I was able to see the two fourth quarter touchdowns that the Bears scored to take the win over the uh, Broncos to get the first unofficial win of the Matt Nagy era. In Chicago so it was uh it was uh you know encouraging to see the Bears come back in the fourth quarter like that but um you know it, it was a good game I, I I enjoyed it for the most part uh the ones did better certainly better than they did last week against Cincinnati um marked improvement compared to that um they could have done uh better but um you know they they everybody got to play everybody played uh, this time on the offensive side of the ball. I think they they say Allen Robinson played, but I don't recollect seeing him out there, and I wasn't able to track down a, uh, a snap count uh, of the game on uh, Saturday to see how many plays Robinson was out there for. I am 100% certain that he did not catch a ball while I was watching, so um, it, it's almost like he didn't play, but... Uh, He was on the graphic at the beginning of the football game. Jordan Howard was out there and um, looking like Jordan Howard, too, which I really like to uh, really like to see. You know, he's he's not much of a runner when he gets stuffed at the line of scrimmage, but give the guy some daylight and just watch him go. I mean, speaking of that, that first drive, the Bears started with the football and it was a good drive. Uh, moving down the field, Trey Burton's getting into that. You can already tell that Trey Burton and Mitch Trubisky are going to be a thing this year. Burton is is it, it's already it's obvious to me at least in in the short amount of time they've been on the field in the the last two preseason games that uh, Burton and Trubisky have a have a chemistry already. Uh, you can see it on like there were uh quite a few um. Practice videos, you know, fans watching the practices between the Bears and the Broncos during the week. Several, you know, videos that I saw of of Trubisky and and Burton connecting with each other. And uh, you saw it all over uh, the game uh, on Saturday night. Um, You know, got a couple of uh, receptions in that first drive. Um, And the Bears were looking good, moving the ball down the field, kind of moving it at will, if you will. And a really nice run um, from Jordan Howard. Uh, I forget where they ended up. All that mattered was Charles Leno got busted for a holding call that brought the play back. The Bears stalled out from there, and Cody Parkey uh, missed a 52-yard field goal. So the Bears come away with nothing on that opening drive. And... The thing that was most discouraging about the drive, of course, was the holding penalty. And, and this is the reason why the Bears, aside from the meager roster that they had a year ago, but one of the reasons that the Bears haven't been successful for the last several years is that they just they have a unique talent for getting penalized at the worst possible time. You know, there's never really a good time to have a penalty, you know, as, as the cliches go. There's, no, there's never really a good time to, to have a penalty, never really a good time to turn over the football. But the, like I said, the Bears have a unique talent for always getting that penalty at the least, you know, uh, the least desirable moment possible. I mean, we, we, we got that play, and it gets us, I'm pretty sure it got us somewhere near like the 10-yard line or something. We were in striking distance. We were definitely on route to score. It, it killed the drive, absolutely killed it because the Bears stalled out from, from there. And that's the kind of thing that has always plagued the Bears. Now, granted, it's the preseason, and it's preseason for the refs too, so they're throwing flags like it's going out of style. That tackling thing, that lowering the head, is making me nuts Already. OK, and, and I know that and the commentators keep reminding us and I've, I've heard it in all three games the Bears have played so far is that the base the NFL has told the referees when in doubt, throw the flag. It's the preseason. We'll go back and, you know, basically clean it up later. So if you have any doubt whatsoever, th- or, you know, whatever, throw the flag and we'll correct it in post, basically, is what they're, they're saying. So maybe there are a few of these that are being called now that we won't see in the regular season when this thing gets fine-tuned and, and the refs have a little bit more in-game experience uh, with these penalties and such. But right now, uh, it's ridiculous. And, and you can see it. Especially with I mean I noticed it. I wonder if anybody else did. you can see it affecting our defensive backs right now. i mean it's it's something that was really starting to bug me. Um, you know, where was it that I wrote here um, in the yeah the hel- helmet penalties uh, affecting the the defense there was a play um, it was in the first quarter, yeah, in the first quarter, second defensive drive so second offensive drive for the Broncos. Um, It was right after the safety. Uh, Trubisky actually just uh, botched the snap. It was a good snap from um, from Whitehair. I don't know if he, he wasn't expecting the ball or if he just took his eye. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And
0: now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Eyes off of it, but it hit him right in the hands. The ball goes flying. Trubisky gets it. Bradley Chubb sacks him in the end zone. It's 2 nothing Broncos, just like that. After the free kick, the Broncos have killer field position. And they're moving the football down the field. And I think it was like a third down play or something like that. It was like a screen play to the tight end. And Eddie Jackson, our second year safety, who was a dynamo for us last year as a rookie, runs up and almost kind of hugs the they went high. He went high on the on a tight end who was who outweighed him by a good 30 40 pounds you know just like a mountain over him and it's almost like they were like they were accepting him and then you know pulling him to the ground whereas you know I I feel like he did that to avoid going low and getting called for the the helmet penalty because usually you see you see it happen all the time or at least you did last year tight end catches the football this it's you know him and the safety between the goal line the safety is going to go for a shot below his waist to take his legs out and you know all the defense all the offender offensive player has to do now is lower his head to try to absorb it and automatically it it's you know it'll be a flag against the the defensive player because he lowered his head to make contact and, you know, we've seen it happen in the games. We've seen it happen over and over so far in the preseason. And like I said a minute ago, hopefully it's something that will get cleaned up as we approach the regular season. You know, the referees are just calling what they think it might be and then going back in film review, told that it's wrong, don't call that. Again, that's, that's not a penalty and so on and so forth. But you, I can already see how it's affecting our defensive backs, and I don't like it. I saw it more than once on on Saturday night, where our defenders are going high against these bigger, uh, against you know going high on a on a running back, going high on a tight end. It's that's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe to get trucked by the by the opponent, and and at the very at the very least, it's a recipe for you to to get run over and give him that extra yard or two or more when he run. You know if you're just like. Basically, like they're almost like they were catching the defender and then falling backwards to make the tackle. Um, it's it's ridiculous, and, and and I hope that it's, you know, I don't I don't maybe it was them playing it safe because it's preseason or something. I don't know. Maybe when the games count a little bit more, they'll come in like a bat out of hell and go for his legs or uh, or, or what have you. But I did not like what I saw from our DBs in that aspect of the game uh, on Saturday nights. Um, you know, it wasn't uh, it. It wasn't good. I, I didn't like it. I saw it definitely saw it a couple of times, and I just didn't didn't like what I saw there. Not at all. So, um, you know, it, it, the the defense looked good in the very beginning. Decent pressure on that first drive, forced the three and out from the Broncos. We already talked about what happened on our second offensive opportunity with the safety, uh, defensive penalties. You know, got the uh, got the Broncos a field goal, so it's five nothing at one point in the uh, in the ball game, and it it is what it is. There, you know, the 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 the, the just the silly five points that you know basically the the safety resulted in the field goal because they had the short field uh, to start with because of the free kick uh, and everything. So essentially, the safety was a five point play. Uh, that's basically how that kind of uh, wraps up uh, if you will but the um the third drive for the offense was the was the good one um, the uh you know Burton Burton caught a couple of passes uh third and fifteen the bears get a defensive penalty or a uh, excuse me a pass interference that uh, gets the bears inside the Denver territory. Uh, Anthony Miller an outstanding he had a couple of really nice catches uh, on the night uh, Saturday made a really great catch to get the Bears uh, down to the Denver 24 and then Jordan Howard able to get the Bears inside the 10 and then a beautiful looking throw or a beautiful looking play I should say Uh, misdirection uh, play from uh, from the Bears um Trey Burton lined up on the left side of the formation the Bears kind of run a student body left so the whole formation is moving to the left Trey Burton comes across to the right side uh, of the formation he is wide open it's just pitch and catch from Trubisky to Burton for the touchdown the Bears take the seven to five lead right at the start of the second quarter and if this is the kind of imagination that we're going to be seeing from Nagy, the offense is going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, this year. Because for the most part, what we've been seeing from the Bears offense is pretty basic, you know, straightforward. We're running the football. We're passing, not really doing anything exotic, but that misdirection play was uh, was what we expect to see or expect to see more of uh, from a uh, from a Matt Nagy-led offense and and uh you know to with the tools that we now have uh in our tool bag you know with robinson and gabriel and and all the rest of those guys and anthony miller who's shown some flashes early on uh we want to see uh some more of that so um the other thing that was discouraging to me as I'm kind of looking through my notes here was that uh, a couple of times on Saturday night, I basically I, w- I was having a problem with our defensive backs. They didn't like the way that they were tackling. They were trying to go up high, almost seemingly to try to avoid those lowering the shoulder to get the hits and getting those, those lowering the helmet penalties. And a couple of times the defensive backs were in position to make a play but didn't turn around and look for the ball and ended up giving up the reception uh to the receiver there was a defensive uh pass interference on uh, on on number 35 Grant and he was in position he was there he was there to make the play if he's turning around and looking for the ball it's just two guys going you know making a football play there's no flag you know the incidental contact or whatever it's it's both both guys making a play on the ball. But Grant never turns around and looks for the football. Therefore, all he's doing is shielding the receiver from trying to catch the ball. That's a pass interference, and it helped extend uh, a drive uh, for Denver. So, I mean, it, I saw it happen a few times uh, in the three quarters that I did uh, get to watch. And, uh, you know, the, the Broncos went up 13-7 to as a result of that pass interference penalty um let's see the bears started with the football and the on the fourth offensive drive i said howard isn't running like this is his first game since december 31st which is true i mean the guy like i said you give him daylight and he's not going to get anything less than about seven or eight yards uh, on the run it was a really nice uh looking uh pulling uh play where uh, Kyle Long from, you know, from the right guard spot comes around to the left, and it was he and Trey Burton, actually, that kind of put a seam together. You know, um, Long got the linebacker. Trey Burton came in and sealed off the inside. Howard ends up getting about, like, 12 yards or something uh, on the play, and, like, that's that's good-looking stuff uh, right there. And I think this was the drive. Let me see if I put it in my notes I think this was the drive that ended in yeah. This was the one. Uh, Trubisky got picked off, uh, throwing it to um, to Cohen. Cohen had a really nice screenplay earlier uh, in the drive. I put in my notes could have been a bigger play if he stayed uh, to the outside. Instead, he had caught up to his blockers and tried to t- cut it to the. Inside, but that's where all your defenders are coming from, bro. You got to stay to the outside, stay outside of your uh, protection, keep your guys between you and your defenders. He gets more yardage uh, out of that, and instead he tried to cut it to the inside and ended up, uh, you know, not getting as much as I believe he could have if he'd have stayed uh, to the outside. But a few plays later, uh, Trubisky got picked off to to end. The drive and the Bears were doing pretty well, moving it down the field. And he was not happy about that throw getting picked off. Um, I think that um, Cohen either didn't do what he was supposed to, or he was missed his assignment, or gave up on the route. One of the two. Trubisky was not happy. He was uh, jawing it up with with Nagy. He was upset about how that play ended up, and that's the kind of thing you want to see. From uh, from your quarterback, you know, everybody keeps talking about how much of a leader that Trubisky has emerged to be uh, in this camp, his first full camp as the starter. And uh, it's moments like that where you see, you know, Trubisky holding his guys accountable. That is what you want to see uh, from your starting quarterback. So that was actually the end of the night for Trubisky uh, and the offense. Um, they did get a touchdown in there had a couple of uh, turnovers, so it was kind of a six in one hand, half a dozen in the other uh, kind of night. There were a couple of drives where we looked like the six and ten or five and 11 uh, bears, and then a couple of drives where we looked like a team that could be 11 and five uh, this year. So um, hopefully when the starters get some extended play this Saturday against the chiefs in the dress rehearsal game, uh, we'll see a bit more cohesiveness on offense and a little bit more consistency, uh, on the good side, I should say. So, uh, a little bit more consistency on the good side, on the offense, maybe get a good rhythm, uh, going, put a couple of touchdowns, uh, on the board and, uh, you know, see what we can do against the Kansas city chief team that's made the playoffs, uh, the last couple of, uh, couple of years. So, uh, the bears home opener on the, uh, in the preseason, the finally on Saturday at Soldier Field. Saturday at noon, actually, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, a noon game on a Saturday. But it's the dress rehearsal game, so it's a pretty big deal. Uh, the, basically the last tune-up for the starters, because almost none of them will play uh, next Thursday against the um, Bills uh, in Soldier Field to close out the uh, preseason. That will be the, the final audition for the guys playing for the last two or three spots Uh, on the roster unfortunately for for those guys uh the last two or three spots are going to be contested by about i don't know 35 people on the team (laughs) trying to get one of those one or two spots where the bears aren't necessarily set uh with their roster so um but uh you know the first half did not end well the bears were losing 20 to 7 uh at the half and um you know it wasn't good. Or actually, it was twenty to ten at halftime. Parkey added a field goal right before the end of the half, uh, forty-three yards, so made up for the fifty-two yarder that he missed earlier in the evening. Daniel came in. Chase Daniel came in at quarterback for the fifth drive uh, of the uh, of for the offense. Uh, another nice catch from Anthony Miller. Uh, Marlon Brown, nice throw and catch from from Daniel to Brown, big twenty-nine yard gain. Um but uh they got uh they got held up and had to go for the field goal and that's where it was twenty to ten uh at halftime. So you know, third quarter was more of more of the guys that uh you know that are trying to make the roster. And uh third quarter was pretty uneventful. The Broncos added another field goal enough to prompt me to say, you know what? I think I should probably get out on the road. I got some money to make, so I'm not going to miss anything in the fourth quarter. And I missed all the fun stuff. You know, like I said, three quarters, 10 points, one quarter that I don't see, 14 points, and the first victory uh, of the preseason. So, uh, you know, Ben Broniker scored the the game-winning touchdown. I think it was about two and a half minutes to go in the game, and him and uh, Daniel hooked up uh, to make it twenty-four to twenty-three. On uh, the previous, because uh, they scored twice, like in the last, I think they scored twice inside of three minutes. Because if I'm not mistaken, when I was looking at the highlights, the the Taquan Mazzell touchdown that made it twenty-three to seventeen happened with, like, 540 to go in the game. And then the Broniker touchdown happened with, like, 240 or something uh, to go. So the Bears uh, held firm on the Broncos those last uh, two, three minutes of the football game to preserve their first win of the, uh, of the preseason. So, you know, nice to see the guys come from behind and, and put together a, a win uh, for the team, get a nice positive note. Uh, to carry into their first preseason game at home on Saturday afternoon uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. So, like I said, um, the game had its moments offensively, defensively. Uh, you know, offensively, the sparks were definitely very noticeable. Anthony Miller doing what he does, Jordan Howard, like I said, running like a guy who hasn't. Not running like a guy who hasn't played a snap since December 31st, Uh, you know, seeing some decent uh, imagination from uh, from Nagy sprinkling some stuff in there. That misdirection for the touchdown was really nice to see Um, the screenplay that I was talking about with Cohen. If he stays to the outside, maybe he gets some more yards. That was set up beautifully. You know, he catches the football and it's nothing but a wall of blockers uh, in front of him. And like I said, if he stays to the outside and keeps his blockers between him and the defenders – you know, he, he could have gotten a hell of a lot more yardage than he ended up getting. But like I said, he, he, him and his speed, he caught up to his blockers, tried to cut to the inside, and ran into the traffic that was trying to catch up. But uh, plays like that, the, the, the chemistry that we can already see between Burton and Trubisky, it's good to see. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, to this Saturday because I want to see Allen Robinson play extended uh, time I want to see some Taylor Gabriel uh, out there. I want to see, you know what I really want to see? I want to see Cohen and Howard on the field together, but not in the Wildcat. You know, let's see Maggie Nagy use some of that. I called him Maggie, as in Matt Nagy. Um, let's see Nagy use a little bit of that imagination to show us what could be possible with Howard and Cohen on the field with Trubisky at the same time. I don't think we ever saw that outside of Wildcat situation last year uh, when, uh, when Num Nuts was calling the place, So interested to see what the offense will do when we know they've got at least two and a half quarters to play Uh, on Saturday so I mean they're going to play the starters are going to play into halftime and into the third quarter before they turn it over at least that's what tradition usually is for this dress rehearsal game it's the the only game of the preseason where they actually game plan and put a script together uh, and things like that watch film on their opponent and prepare like they would for a regular Sunday uh, afternoon ball game so anxious to see how the offense will look knowing that they're going to be out there for a while instead of having a a pitch count if you will for how many plays or how many uh, series they're going to go out there onto the field on Saturday just know we're playing in the first half so if it's seven drives it's seven drives or whatever it is and then we're starting the second half like we normally would just to kind of get that routine for that one game before the regular season and uh, to see what the offense can do there and then on the defensive side, it's, uh, you know, like I said, I want to see our DBs tackling like DBs would normally tackle. You know, I, I didn't like what I saw from them on Saturday at all. That was my main problem, for the things that I was spotting, the things that I noticed. Didn't like the way they were tackling. You know, it's like our defensive backs were always seem to be in position but never had their head turned around to make a, a proper play Uh, on the ball you know they were just all about shielding the opponent just begging the referee to throw a pass interference flag and those are the kind of penalties i was talking about earlier the charles leno holding penalty that killed the first drive that i i have no doubt would have resulted in a touchdown if that holding penalty doesn't take place we come away with points on that first drive if, if leno doesn't get caught for holding and that's the other thing as well. When, when the penalties are, are seemingly foolish like the ones that we've been seeing from some of the defensive backs with the pass interference, you're there, you're in position. If you're reading your man, you can see that the, in his face and whatever, the ball's coming. You got to turn around and look for the ball so you can make a play on the ball. You know, or so that, that at the very least, it looks like you're trying to make a play on the ball. Therefore, the referee can't throw the flag. It's just two guys who have equal rights to the ball when it's in the air. But when you're shielding that defender, when you're shielding, you know, your, your opponent like that, when you're shielding the, the wide receiver, you got your hands up, you're into his body and all that kind of stuff. You're going to get a flag every single time, every single time. So, I mean, I would like to see some improvement with that on saturday and i would like to see our dbs tackling like real football players instead of guys who in my opinion appear to be afraid to get called for that stupid penalty against the broncos so that's what i want to see uh from our uh defensive backs uh on saturday now a couple of things uh in the game on saturday we did have a couple of injuries Something that we for the most part have been able to avoid in camp. no serious injuries. uh Aaron Lynch, you know sprained his vagina or something like that. I haven't seen that guy play yet. I couldn't even tell you what number he is to tell you the truth he's been he's got a hamstring issue that's been bugging him the whole uh, training camp. Um, Iggy yoel uh. Ea Buniwe, he played on Saturday. Had some snaps in there and made a couple of tackles. So his shoulder ailment seems to be uh, behind him Uh, now. That was good to see. Um, uh, Kasim Adabale made some really nice plays, looks like a guy that wants to make the football team and help out where the Bears are hurting as far as depth at the outside linebacker position. Haven't really heard or seen much from Kylie Fitz and Isaiah Irving since the Hall of Fame game when those guys made names for themselves, you know, getting sacks and, and, and good and good pressure against the Ravens in that first game. Haven't seen or heard much from them in these last uh, two games. So hopefully we see a bit more from them uh, when they get their chance to play. And considering uh, what happened to Leonard Floyd, as I, you know, talk about the injuries, the guy broke two fingers in, in one. It didn't say which hand I don't or at least I don't remember which one it was, but broke fractured two fingers on Saturday, had to have surgery to repair the fracture, but um, while it might not, it won't be healed in time for week one, he'll be in a position with like a cast and such to play, play through the pain, if you will, week one uh, against Green Bay. So we didn't lose uh, Floyd for a significant amount of time, but he's probably done for the preseason. Uh, Adam Shaheen, during the first drive uh, of the football game, stepped funny. He caught a pass and um, like his, his foot just caught. Just caught the turf funny. And um, it was a low ankle sprain. Um, I would think, you know, two weeks maybe, which would be the rest of the preseason. Uh, Nagy is confident he should be ready to go uh, for week one. So, not the worst news. We didn't, it wasn't like what happened to the Vikings um, in their game against the Jaguars. Uh, I think that game was on Saturday as well. They lost like seven players to injury in the preseason game. I don't know to what extent the injuries were. All I know is that it was like that that game in the 80s, the body bag game. There were guys being carted off and helped off the field left and right uh, on the Vikings uh, on, on Saturday. I believe it was Saturday against the... Uh, the Jaguars. It was just like one injury after another. Uh, must have been a nightmare for Vikings fans. Every time you turn around, one of your guys is on the ground, not moving, or moving in a way that lets you know that he's he's hurt. And uh, that was probably kind of demoralizing to uh, to see that over and over again. You know, in the preseason, especially heading into a year where the Vikings are odds-on favorites to win the NFC this year. It's like the Vikings. The Rams, those are the teams that people are talking about. Obviously the Eagles uh, as well. The Vikings, the Rams, the Eagles, these guys, these are the favorites. These are the teams that people are talking about representing the NFC in in the Super Bowl uh, this year. And, uh, (laughs) you know, when you you lose six guys in a football game or seven or how many of it was, it's going to be tough to pull that off. But, uh, you know, the injuries that the Bears sustained, um, you know, weren't that big a deal so floyd like i said won't be healed up in time to play to play week one but he'll be able to play through it week one so maybe you'll have one of those big you know round fist casts on his to protect his hand uh against uh, green bay so only have one good hand to use but he'll be able to play uh on the 9th of september when the bears and the packers kick it off on sunday night football so and then the same thing with Shaheen's just an ankle sprain. Rub some dirt on it, put some tape on it, and get back out there. It's just an ankle, so uh, not a big deal uh, there uh, as well. So can't speak for Aaron Lynch and his sprained vagina, but hopefully he'll be able to uh, get it together and still make the freaking team. Cause you know, haven't seen it. Like I said, I couldn't even tell you what number Aaron Lynch is supposed to wear. He hasn't. I don't think he's even dressed for any of the games yet. So hopefully he can snap out of it and play on Saturday against the Chiefs. And uh, if not, then I have no idea. We're paying the guy $6 million for. We should cut him a- immediately. So uh, anyway, that's the game. The Bears pull it together, 24 to 23. And, of course, they did it while I wasn't looking. So, of course, I'm a little pissed at the Bears right now. They put on the performance that they did for three quarters and then go ahead and play like studs for the last five minutes of the fourth quarter and win the game when I'm not watching. So that was awesome. But... Um, they did it 24 to 23 a good come from behind win it's a good experience uh for the younger guys that were vital in getting the win at that late point uh, in the game and um you know just good to see the bears win for a change and uh we look forward to that dress rehearsal game on saturday against the chiefs so i mean it's uh i really am looking forward to that one because it's uh, basically like the only real game that gets played uh in the preseason and it's at home it is at home so um, anyway, as we wrap things up here, uh, got some interesting things to talk about here. Uh, for starters, as everybody knows, Roquan Smith did sign his contract, finally ending the final holdout so everybody is signed now uh signed on tuesday practiced with the team all week did not dress for the game on saturday so but he is expected to play this saturday against the chiefs another reason i am really looking forward uh to that game to see if they sprinkle him in with the ones at all i'm interested to see when he plays with who and for how long that'll be the real question do we want to do we want to save him for the regular season, do you just want to get him some reps, let him get sweaty a little bit, and then sit him down? Or do we want him to try to catch up with all the guys who've got three games under their belts uh, already? Interesting situation going on there. Uh, it was announced earlier today, DeAndre Hall, our fourth-round pick from 2016, who's uh, battling for a roster spot at the moment, just made things a little bit harder for himself. Uh, he's been suspended for one game the first game of 2018 uh for substance abuse uh you know so basically he he pissed hot and uh something wasn't right in one of his uh in his tests and he got popped for a game so he'll be suspended for the first game of the year uh against the Green Bay and for someone who is struggling to make the team or on the bubble right now not a good thing uh, to have going against you and um the last uh, Bears-related thing I want to talk about, it's a very, very exciting possibility. Uh, it's very exciting to talk about, and it's, it's fun to talk about how the Bears are favorites in this particular sweepstakes to make something happen, especially with what happened to Leonard Floyd on Saturday. Now, and the Bears were shallow at the outside linebacker position to begin with, we were hoping that some of these guys, like Isaiah Irving or Kylie Fitz, we've seen some emergence from Kasim Adibale, the guy's trying to make a name for himself. Sam, Sam Acho is a solid player, but more of a run guy than a pass uh, rusher. He's a he's a hell of a run defender. You know, he can get after a quarterback with the best of them, but Acho is not a threat to sack the quarterback. Um, Floyd's our pass rushing guy and he's going to be on the shelf for the remainder of the preseason. Likely to play against Green Bay Week 1, but you never know. Khalil Mack, the 2016 NFL Defensive Player of the Year of the Oakland Raiders, is in a contract dispute with the Raiders at the moment, and there's been a lot of talk about the Raiders will, you know, would – Especially with Gruden coming in in his first year and this guy's trying to create uh, a culture of, you know, an atmosphere uh, of togetherness and whatnot for a guy to be sitting out because of his contract might be somebody that Gruden would want to cut loose and keep his locker room intact instead of having something like this divide the locker room. For someone to be, you know, for for some guys to be with the team, for other guys to be with the player, that divides your locker room internally, and that could lead to a bad situation. You know, chemistry and camaraderie between your players when they're divided over a situation. Maybe it's better to just cut the cancer loose and move on with the guys you got. Or at least that's what some people are saying the Raiders might be thinking at this moment. And the top two teams that are in consideration for making a trade for Khalil Mack to get his services are the Packers and the Bears. Now, it is a frightening thought to think that Green Bay could get Khalil Mack and put him on the other side of the of the hairdo, uh, Clay Matthews, and you know, possibly even revitalize that guy's career. He's been somewhat of a ghost the last few years. You haven't heard much from Clay Matthews in the last few years. But to put Khalil Mack on the other side definitely makes Clay Matthews a dangerous guy once again, And which is also exactly the thought that we Bear fans are having. You put Khalil Mack on one side and you got Leonard Floyd on the other. It's a pick your poison situation now. You can't double team them both. Which one is it going to be? More than likely, you're going to try to double team Khalil Mack, which will leave Leonard Floyd one-on-one, which is the possibilities are endless there, because you're, <laughs> because you're not going to want to leave Khalil Mack one-on-one. That's not a good idea. The guy's a super explosive, you know, gets after the quarterback. Like I said, defensive player of the year in 2016. An outstanding football player. Wants a ton of money from the, from the Oakland Raiders right now. The Bears have the cap space. The problem is do we have the capital to actually make the acquisition the price tag for khalil Mack starts with at least one first round pick and that's why the packers are leaders in the clubhouse they have two because they made that trade with the saints for their first round pick uh in 2019 so they have two first rounders uh to to deal with or to work with, I should say, could give up both of those right now and land Khalil Mack possibly. Not to mention the fact that Reggie McKenzie, the general manager of the Oakland Raiders, is a former um, Green Bay Packer front office guy. I think he was maybe assistant GM or, or, or what have you. He has a relationship with the Green Bay Packers. That's where he came from. So you've got that working for you as well. And, uh, you know, the draft capital making it an easier trade for Green Bay to make, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation. You know, it, it really kind of boils down to is Khalil Mack better than – or actually it's more like, you know, make the trade for the known quantity that is Khalil Mack or take your chances – in that roulette game that is the NFL draft next year when we try to draft another pass rusher to complement Leonard Floyd. Do you want to take that chance or do you want to have a chance to, you know, possibly overpay Khalil Mack, which would hurt your team more overpaying Khalil Mack or drafting a guy that might not work out. It's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting scenario. You know, the the Bears don't have a second round pick because we gave it to New England to draft Anthony Miller. So we got a first and a third next year, you know, to to those are our top two draft choices. Is there anybody on the roster that Oakland is intrigued by? Maybe somebody that we can part with to kind of bridge the gap a little bit. Maybe we give up our first rounder and. Kyle Fuller. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that's probably Obviously, that's not going to happen, but you guys get where I'm going with this. Or maybe they want a, an Eddie Jackson and a first-round pick, and we get Khalil Mack, that kind of thing. Is is that a, you know, not that I, I'm obviously don't want to trade Eddie Jackson. Maybe it's Adrian Amos um, because we need to, uh, I mean, he's in the last year of his rookie deal, so maybe we're just kind of swapping, you know, last-year contracts. You give us Khalil Mack, we'll worry about signing him. You take the first-rounder and Adrian Amos and see if you can sign that guy or, or what have you. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. I don't want the Bears to trade Adrian Amos. I'm just trying to see, you know, maybe there's somebody on our roster that we could pair with a first-round pick that would make it enticing enough for Oakland uh, to pull the trigger. So, But it's definitely something I would love to see the Bears do. And, and I'm coming from the, from the mindset that I was talking about uh, a moment ago. Do you, go, do you overpay for the known quantity that is Khalil Mack that has had an outstanding career that's only, what, 26 years old in the NFL, getting him in the prime of his career, locking him up for the prime uh, of his career? Maybe you got to pay a little bit more than you'd like to, but he's locked up and he's yours. You're pairing him with Leonard Floyd, and you've got yourselves a hell of a pass rush coming off the edges. It's menacing. You know, another reason why I would was dying for the Bears to get Bradley Chubb. For that reason alone, which one of those guys are you going to double team because the other one's going to kill you one-on-one? It really is a pick-your-poison type situation. A situation the Bears don't currently possess with Leonard Floyd and everybody else. So unless Kasim Adabale really comes out of nowhere this year to make a name for himself, I don't see that pairing on the roster at the moment. So... Um, that's, what, that's what makes the, the situation extremely enticing about Khalil Mack and you know, the possibility of having him on the team. If for no other reason, let's go out and get Khalil Mack so Green Bay can't have him. Jesus Christ, let's not let that happen. I mean, talk about hell on earth. You just know this would be the defensive equivalent of Barry Sanders being out there. You know, this would be a guy that's going to terrorize us for the next five or six years uh, in Green Bay. Not because he's that awesome, but just because we could have had him and we didn't get him, so we're going to pay for it personally twice a year for the next half decade. That, that just the luck that the Bears have if they choose not to pull the trigger on this, and Green Bay does. Green Bay does go out there and makes the trade and gets Khalil Mack there. I have no doubt he's going to be a a thorn in our side for the next five or six years and drive us Bear fans nuts and we'll spend the next half decade regretting not giving up the first and the third or whatever to get our hands on him. So, you know, I say go for it. Um, You know, do whatever we have to do. Obviously, try to 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 give up as little as humanly possible, but you know do what is necessary because that is a big piece of the puzzle that the Bears are missing at the moment. If we could get a compliment, a a, a serious compliment to Leonard Floyd on the other side, we've really got something. We really do with with Gervais Thin and Kwiatkowski and of course Roquan Smith. In the middle, with the you know, at the inside linebacker spots, those three guys are solid. Leonard Floyd is a special player waiting to happen, and right now, he doesn't have the compliment that's going to allow him to get those one on one situations that would you know let him you know be able to eat out there. Right now, it's like, yeah, just bump Floyd because Sam Acho's not a pass rushing threat. Uh, Kasim Isaiah Irving, Kylie Fitz you know yeah maybe they might get one but they're not going to be a you know a bug up our ass for an entire football game it's just you know worry about floyd the rest will take care of itself kind of thing the offensive line we got five guys on three to make sure that Goldman and and Hicks don't cause any problems there so it's a numbers game in our favor up front we just have to worry about taking care of Leonard Floyd and we're set in the passing game so you get Khalil Mack out there that opens up a whole other possibility uh, of, uh, of 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 terror for our for our defense you know, maybe you keep guys in to try to block Mac and Floyd, but it's Roquan or Trevathan or Kwiatkowski with the blitz up the middle or, you know, maybe even Adrian Amos or an Eddie Jackson on the safety blitz coming to get you and you're just out of bodies and we get to you before you can get rid of the ball and it's uh, it's hell on earth for opposing quarterbacks. So it's, it's just that there's – I think there's too much to benefit from making this trade – then, then the price tag the Bears would have to pay in order to make it happen. I think it's worth the risk. I really do. So, I mean, he's a quality player. He's in the prime of his career. I, I definitely think it's a risk worth taking. I really, really do. So it's not a guy who's had a lot of, you know, who I mean, even just speaking from a, you know a Leonard Floyd perspective, not a guy that's had problems with, you know, multiple injuries or, or, or what have you we're going into Leonard Floyd's third season. He's starting the year with an injury as opposed to his first two years where he finished the year with injuries. I mean, he had concussion issues through the most of the first his first offseason after his his rookie year. Got his bell rung a couple of times and he said he didn't feel right until like March. He didn't feel like his head was clear until like March. Well, he didn't have the same issues in his second season, but he Got his knee busted up. Thank you very much, Kyle Fuller. Uh, Missed the last five or six games of of 2017 uh, as well. So I think he's missed, I think they said, 11 games of his his first two seasons uh, thus far. And here he is with another injury to start uh, his third year. So uh, Khalil Mack hasn't had a bunch of those uh, issues. He's been a relatively healthy player. And as I've mentioned twice before, the 2016 Defensive Player of the Year. So, I mean, this is a guy that uh, is a widely known uh, commodity uh, in the league. And if the Bears have a shot, they should take it. They absolutely should take it. So, that's my thoughts on that. And then finally, to wrap things up, I've uh, been getting some tweets and things like that from you guys on 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 Twitter, some some questions and comments on Facebook about the future of the show. Hopefully, everybody who was asking is still listening uh, right now. Um, basically, it's a done deal. Uh, I will be joining the uh, the Armchair All Americans and the Armchair Media Network and uh, bringing forth or bringing the Chicago Bears review to that network. However, uh, as I stated before um the show will not be called the chicago bears review going forward it's a a trademark issue um i haven't made a dime off of the show in the first 11 seasons that i've done the show so the fact that i was using a trademark name was really a neither here nor there uh type issue but joining this network i will have sponsors on the show be reading ads therefore profiting off of the show in a way um and that could be an issue uh down the line and uh that's not a battle that i want to have and to have to change the name of the show if it's if and when it starts to gain any kind of steam and then have to stop and change the name of the show and and all the rest of that stuff i'd rather just go ahead and do it now rip the band-aid off and and go forward and uh that's going to happen the uh i have settled on a name i'm not going to announce it just yet i'm going to have andrew stevens um i believe he's the managing director or what have you uh from the armchair uh network i'm gonna have him on the show for the uh he, it'll be part of the uh week three review the dress rehearsal review show uh be introducing him to you and you to him and he can tell us what other uh, you know what the armchair network is all about and uh what other things you can find there it's mostly college for the most part right now they're trying to build an NFL uh, roster one that I'm happy to be a part of and um, that is where I will formally announce what the name of the show uh, is going to be and for anybody worried about being able to find the show or or anything like that, if you are already subscribed to the show, whether it be on iTunes or or Google Play or or what have you, uh, if you follow me on, if you're one of my followers on on Podbean, which is where I upload the show, none of that is changing. So the URL to the site might change because it will change when the name of the show uh, changes. However, if you are a follower on Podbean, if you're a follower on Google Play, I don't know how that works, but if you're subscribed to the to the feed on itunes nothing will change they're not taking they're not giving me a new rss feed or or anything like that the show is just going to have a new name that's it you'll still be if you're subscribed to it now you'll still be subscribed to it when the show transitions uh and and we we start off with the new name which will begin week one uh the week one preview when the Bears. Uh, when we preview the Bears and Packers uh, for week one. That will be the first official show under the Armchair Banner, the first official show under the new name. We're going to have a brand-new intro song. Thank you very much, Jeff Black and the 35 Black Band. And... Um So we're going to have a brand new theme song. We've been given permission from them to use the music um, that he sent me a while back. You guys have heard the song. You have to dig in the archives uh, to find it. I believe it was somewhere around the end of 2016 that I played with it, or early 2017, one of the two. But um, that will be the theme song going forward. So the intro will be similar, but not the same. It will be very similar in the way that I do it, um, but the song is different, so the intro will be just a little bit different looking forward to digging into it though looking forward to this change this transition um and as i've said i said it on facebook uh it's it's gonna be a new season new name new intro song new beginning you know it's a brand new beginning starting our 12th official season uh of uh, of the podcast and uh looking forward to to many many more and for all my ogs out there who have been with me since 07 when i started it uh, thank you very much. Um, I could not have made it here without you guys. And I look forward to the journey uh, as we uh, as we uh, as we go ahead. You know, I'm, I'm really proud uh, of what we've been able to do so far and how the show has just grown in the last Three, four years since I started having guests on the show and things like that. It's it's been a blast. I, you know, I, I really, I really just started doing the show as a, as a way to scratch my broadcasting uh, itch because I wasn't able to make the broadcasting thing happen uh, in the real world, unfortunately, when I got out of school. So it was just a way to be able to scratch that itch, and you know, even just for the slight possibility that my hobby could become my living. That's why I'm doing it. That is why I was eager to jump at the chance to join the network, just for the chance to be able to make a living doing this. It's definitely worth the risk uh, to me. So uh, that's why uh, that's why I'm doing it. It's it's not about the money. It's it's about being able to to say that this is what I do, and um, this is this is who I am, and this is what I love. And you know, there's that old saying: If you do what you love. You'll never work a day in your life. Well, truth be told, I'm tired of working, so I want to get to doing what I love so I don't have to feel like I'm working anymore. And uh, if this is my chance to do that, then that's why I'm jumping on board, and I want every one of you guys to come with me. So so buckle up, because here we go. 2018, like I said, new name, new intro, new network, new beginning. So let's get to it. So that's it. That is going to do it for the preseason week two review episode of the Chicago Bears review. We're actually on a countdown now. I don't get to call it the Chicago Bears review in a couple of weeks. I'll be damned. So anyway, we'll be back on. I'm shooting for Sunday because the game is over at like three on Saturday. So I'll have all day Saturday and into Sunday to get everything going. So hopefully we'll be out on Sunday with the week three review. So until then, my name is Larry D and this has been Chicago Bears review.